Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Stephen Green here, the success doctor. Make the Grade podcast number five. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Very encouraging. Please keep it coming. Uh, This is a little bit of a series here. This podcast for this one and maybe the next few are going to talk about questions you could ask or things you should avoid or mistakes you don't want to make with certain situations. And, And as always, the goal, the theme the raison d'etre of the Make the Great podcast is to give you as a parent or you as a student actionable things that you can do. So when you are listening to this, maybe even pause it, or as soon as you're done, you have something or many things you can actually put right into action. So let's jump in. Today, nine mistakes you want to avoid to ensure a successful SAT or ACT prep. Okay. Now, where did I get nine from? Because having worked in the field, in the test prep field, these are things I've seen people do over and over and over, sometimes even despite having correct advice not to do it. And it gets in the way of of a really good program. So I'm just going to run through them so you can avoid them. Mistake number one is not knowing why you're taking the ACT or the SAT to begin with. The reason is not to get a high score. It's a little bit counterintuitive. The reason you should be taking the ACT or SAT or both is either to get into college, get into university of your choice, number one, and or to qualify for merit financial aid or both. Those are the main reasons. That should be the driving force. Of course, the score helps with that, but that's not really the main reason. Second mistake to avoid is poor planning. And here I'm not really talking about prepping for the actual test, studying math, studying reading, and so on, studying English, studying science. I'm talking about planning when to take the test. The SAT and the ACT between them are given 15 times a year. Approximately every other month, they alternate. There's pretty much one every month you could take and sometimes it's twice in the same month but things come up if you're an athlete and you're in season in the fall it's not really a great time to plan to take it so you want to look at the calendar ideally the summer before your junior year look at the calendar see when you're going to be busy see when you're going to be free and plan your prep when you have time to do it properly planning around commitments that you're going to have mistake number three is not doing a proper assessment in the beginning. It's really important, I I probably can't underscore the importance of this, to do a complete and proper assessment at the beginning of a prep program to evaluate your strengths and to evaluate your weaknesses. Ideally, this would be done by a test prep professional or a course or something like that, but it's really, really important. It can include, but should not be limited to prior test scores. Mistake number four is not allotting or not allocating enough time to prep properly, okay? 
there's a reason why people spend six, eight, 12, 20 weeks prepping for SATs and ACTs. And the reason is because it just takes that long. These are complicated, dense, very broad, inclusive exams that cover all sorts of things. So you can't cram for them and don't try to and don't plan to. These tests don't happen in a vacuum. So you need to allot time to prep and you always want to peak at the right time. You always want to peak when you're coming up to the test date. So if you know you're taking a test in October or May, you want to give yourself enough time working backwards to get there. Mistake number five is using poor or the wrong test prep materials. My philosophy is very simple. We want to practice and we want to prep as close to the way you plan to take the test on test day. So if you're doing ACT prep, you want to do that with ACT practice material that's close or almost identical to the test. Same with the SAT. Fortunately, this material is available. Unfortunately, you have to buy it from the test prep companies or from a bookseller, but it's available. I would encourage you, get the materials that have real official tests in them, and I'm not uh, really a fan that the companies make money on this, but it's the best way to go. Avoid third-party test prep material because all they're really doing is rewriting the tests, changing them enough so they're not going to have copyright issues and going from there. Number six is be realistic. And this is on a lot of levels. Be realistic about what your score can be, what your goals could be. Be realistic about the time you can put in. If you have an 1100 SAT and your goal is a 1500 and you think you can do that in three hours of prep, it's not really realistic. It could happen, but it'd be a low probability. So be realistic on all levels. Of course, the score is what it centers on because the score helps you to get into the college, but focus on the realities of the entire thing. What's it going to take for you to be successful? How much time are you going to have to put into the process? How much do you have to learn? How much do you have to practice? What do you got to do every day? And how long is that going to take to happen? Success in these exams is long-term, gradual, progressive process. Number seven, and I always try not to be sarcastic with this one, but it's true. And I've seen it. People do it. Don't stay up till five o'clock in the morning, the night before a test. Don't eat super spicy food that's going to give you a stomach ache during the test. The point is, be reasonable, be realistic, and that's that word again, about what you got going on here. Treat the ACT or SAT like the important exam that they are. Treat it like a school night. Go to sleep at a reasonable time. Get some good rest. Don't go wild the night before a test. Save that for after the test when you can celebrate a little bit. So don't sabotage yourself by participating in behavior that you know isn't going to help you. All right. Number eight is be aware and learn how your score should be determined. And this is a little more complicated, and I'm probably going to do an entire podcast just on this topic, but I have a mantra in my business, my tutoring company, which is your target school determines your target score. The school you want to go to, the college you want to get admissions to should set the bar for where you would like your SAT or ACT scores to be. There's a point of underness under that, 
There's a point of overkill, but there's also a target. The target helps the tutor, helps the test prep company, whichever one you choose to work with, to set up the program properly for you. So step one is have a clear goal of what your score should be based on the admission requirements of your target school. Step two is to do the assessment. There's that word again. Do an assessment to determine your strengths and weaknesses to see where you are compared to that target score. And then step three is to plan to reach your goals through a long-term process. And number nine is ask this question, how can I improve my SAT or ACT scores? Don't make the mistake of assuming just because you do a practice test or just because you hire a tutor, it's going to happen automatically. Scores for both these exams are based on the number of correct answers. The more answers you get right, the higher your score. So any quality prep program for the SAT or ACT will teach you how to get more answers right in the allotted amount of time because it is a pace test. This should include test-taking strategies, pacing drills, basic skills remediation on topics that you may not know, practice testing, consistent application of all of these things. So there you have it. Nine mistakes to avoid. Number one, not knowing why you're taking the test. Number two, poor planning. Number three, not doing a proper assessment. Number four, not allocating enough time to prep properly. Number five, using wrong or insufficient test prep materials. Number six, not being realistic. Number seven, not getting a good night's sleep or taking care of yourself the night before. Number eight, how not knowing to set your proper score range or your proper goal range. And nine, not knowing how to improve your scores in a practical sense. FYI, this podcast and this material, just like the ones in podcast four, which was uh, about the topic of choosing a good tutor or prep uh, company for yourself, are available also as PDFs and videos if you'd rather or you prefer to see them in that sort of format. Uh, you can learn about that by going to makethegrade.net or leaving a comment with the podcast or emailing me at sgreen, S-G-R-E-E-N-E, at makethegrade.net. We're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at makethegrade. If you search makethegrade, you should find us. In closing, thank you very much for your attention, your support, your feedback, Love the comments, love the questions, keep them coming, and please share the word. Thank you again, Dr. Stephen Green, the Success Doctor, signing off. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the Success Doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.